Come on up here. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's just shift. Let's give God. Let's give God that hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're worthy of our praise, oh God. You alone deserve it, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would keep this going, but the pastor did remind us that it's a holiday weekend, and so you may be seated. I want to first thank the pastor for giving me an opportunity and trusting me to come up here and share the word of God with such a sweet, beautiful, wonderful, special congregation. And uh, I, it's not because I said it. It's because it's in the word. You're God's special treasure. So just in case you walked in here feeling a little down, he's to lift up your head. Pick it up. Let him pick it up and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to pray and then go right into this. Father God, first of all, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your grace, Lord God, your, your love for us, oh God. I declare and decree, O oh Jesus, that I can't do nothing without you. I am nothing without you. So I hide behind the cross this morning, and I say, let your will be done. Remove me out the way, Father God, and let the words that come out of my mouth come from my heart, placed by you, O oh Jesus. Pray for those that need encouragement, those that need instructions, those that need directions, those that need healing, those that need deliverance, oh God. I pray that when they leave here today, they will have more of an understanding, Lord God, what you mean to them and what we mean to you. And we thank you in advance for, in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message is not quite up there yet, is um, Where's the Love? Where's the Love? And I, I want to start by saying this. A, a little over eight years ago, I made a transition to this church. After being at a church 20 years, and I also had uh, lost a job because the state stopped funding it, and I was there for 20 years. And then I got married just before I came here, so that's a, another message in itself. But what I'm trying to say is the transition was not easy. The transition uh, to me was hard. I was downcast. I, I was hurt. Uh, I was a little bit confused. A cloud was over uh, my head, my eyes, and I couldn't understand what was happening. Prior to that, 20 years uh, before that, I was so gun whole for souls. I, I just wanted to run down people and let them know about the goodness of God. In between that time when I made that transition here, something took place in my heart. Something took place where uh, my heart either got hardened or I couldn't understand it, but the love that I had for people just wasn't there. 
And I couldn't understand it. I, I was so caught up in my transition and in my circumstances, in my mess, in my situations that I kind of forgot to love others. And so I started to pray and I thank God. I said, man, even the gifts seemed to go stagnant. Seemed like I had a lethargic spirit. I just didn't have it within me to share the love of God with people. I'm going to read from Hebrews 13, but before I go to Hebrews 13, and you don't have to go there for the sake of time, I just want to share this portion of scripture that God put in my heart. And I believe for such a time like this, summer is here, uh, it's supposed to be a fun season, but I want to encourage you, don't lose sight, don't lose heart, continue to love. Because the darkness of this world is covering us. The darkness of this world is trying to persuade us to go and do and live the way the world does because of our not being able to wait on the Lord or trust God uh, makes us seem like uh, we don't have what we really expected. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, He's talking about per perilous times. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in this in NIV in the last days. People will be, listen, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Without love, unforgiven, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then it goes on and it finishes by saying, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then church, this hit me, have nothing to do with them people. The word says, I am a little bit concerned because if it says have nothing to do with these people, imagine if some of us line up with this and are sitting here right now. Imagine if one of those uh, categories fall on you or you line up with it. What love? Are we giving to people that need love? What love? And I remember when I was feeling destitute and downcast, not hopeless because within I knew that I still was holding on to Christ. I remember the story of Jesus when he was on his way to the cross. And I remember for a moment, I don't know if you ever felt like that, but for a moment he said, can this cup? Pass by. In other words, do I have to go through this? Do I have to love? Do I have to finish this route? Do I have to do it your way? But he, he caught himself. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so, church, I'm asking us today is a challenge to me, too. Oh, do you feel like giving up on this thing called salvation? I remember that God finished for me. 
God didn't stop halfway to the cross. He finished for me. He finished for you. That was nothing but love. Love, love, unconditional love. He died for you. He died for me. He said, freely we receive. Freely we have to give it away. Today, present your heart to God and ask him, is my love fading? Is my love just being dimmed down? Is my heart hard? It's my heart hard. My prayer was throughout this morning was, God, if a heart and heart comes into this place, make it a heart of flesh again. So that we can love the way God wants us to love. See, love is is, is very wide. And at times, even at home, our love runs out. And we have to learn that when we get to that place, tap in to the love of God. But now if you look at Hebrews 13, he talks about here, keep loving one another as brothers and sisters, talking about that Philadelphia brotherly love. Now he's talking to the church. It's an exhortation. He's talking to believers because if the world don't see love in us, we in trouble. The society is in trouble. Our co-workers are in trouble. Our family members are in trouble. Our communities are in trouble. It's almost like God is saying, I'm dependent on you. I live within you. Let the rivers of living waters flow. Let the rivers of living waters just give people hope, refresh them, love on them, give them peace, direction towards me. Church, I was almost going another direction because I says, man, I want to be excited. I, I, I want to preach something that is a powerful 4th of July word. <laughs> For real. And then my granddaughter, Esther, posted something about, uh, I forgot exactly what scripture, but it was in between Hebrews 13, 1 through 8. And I said, okay, God. Okay, God, can't do it without you. You just help me. (laughs) And so I looked at it. It says, keep loving one another as brothers and sisters. Listen to this. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I was hoping the sister that was in the corner didn't leave. I said, she's an angel. She's coming to see if we really have the love that we're supposed to have. She's coming to check us out. And so she saw that we did have the love. People extended themselves to her, and then she got up and left. (laughs) Hallelujah. She saw the love. She didn't want to be bothered. She says, I see it. Okay, I'm out. I was paying attention. You got to be observant. Can let people walk in here and walk out without no love. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. I remember my wife went with her mother to a relative's house. I don't know if the shades was down or something, but when they left, it was a blizzard. And I remember she called me. They were stuck somewhere, 
uh, for many hours, and she called me. I'm scared, her and her mother, scared. She said, pray for me. So first I says, that's what you get. First I said that. And then I got concerned. I love her. Shouldn't be out so late. Anyway, I said, God, and they was praying and I had to pray. You know what I'm saying? And then she called me back and she said that as they were stuck, uh, she didn't see them coming, and she didn't see them leave. She said three big Chinese, I love all people, y'all, but three Chinese big dudes came, picked up the car, and got her started, and then she didn't see where they left. Similar to Pastor Enid's experience with her dog. This guy comes out of nowhere. She never sees him. She tells him uh, what's happening, and she, he comes back a half hour later. We, we got your dog. Uh, only God can do stuff like that. Uh, you know, only God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we got to be careful about getting cold and not caring. Uh, the writer concludes uh, this ex exhortation saying, exhortation saying, Love is a manifestation of growth in the Lord. In other words, if you're not growing in love, then you're not growing in the Lord. You can have all the head knowledge in the world. You can know scriptures and quote the front of the book to the back. But if you're not growing in love, then you're not growing, church. Then we're not growing. So we have to practice. If we don't do anything, practice Love. John 13, 34, 35 says, Jesus says, And you command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We can't be envious. That's really witchcraft. When you hate, the Bible says, if you can't love your brother who you see, how could you say you love God who you don't see? My God, soften our hearts, Lord. Bring love back to our hearts. We need love, y'all. People are dependent on our love. Paul wrote in Corinthians, the greatest attributes for believers are faith, hope, and love. The greatest being love. The Bible says love your neighbor, love your enemies. Love covers the multitudes of sin. Man, our love runs short. The minute somebody falls short, we start to judge and look. We start to criticize and say, look at them. Instead of working on ourselves and the things that we need to work on and allow the Lord to work on, we got to stop that and just love on people. Help us is the truth. She hit that on the head. Because if we're not walking in love, how could we say we're believers of Christ? 
I don't want to spank nobody, y'all. I'm just trying to share some love with y'all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't believe God don't want to spank nobody. I believe he's trying to remind us before the summer sets off and we start doing the tango all over New York. I believe he wants to remind us, hold up for a second. So he drew us in here today when temptation of Coney Island and I don't know what other beach and whatever other places we could be at today, but you chose to be here so that you can be prepared and do the will of the Lord so you can get your blessing because you're loving on people. He said, look, if you look in Isaiah 58, he says, reach out. He says, give. He says, look out for those. He says, when you do that, then, he says, then your healing will come speedily. Hallelujah. My goodness, let's stay focused. Let's not lose it here. I don't care what we're going through. We got to continue to love because we have to look at the picture of Jesus on his way to the cross. You talking about going through? You talking about getting whipped where the flesh was getting ripped off his back, his face beyond recognition. Then he got crucified. My God, my God, he didn't deserve it. My, we complaining, or we complaining, or, or I don't know what's wrong with us. We complain about every little thing, and, and we, we, we act like, my goodness, we're the only ones going through. The Bible says that all believers are going through something. Come on, y'all. Come on. The difference between some of us and others is simple, that we trust, we believe, we hold on to Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's what keeps us going. That's what keeps me going. Galatians 5 says this. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. So the Bible also says, if you say you have faith but have no works, it's dead. Works of love, y'all. Works of love. I thank God that something took place and the cloud was lifted and, uh, and something in me was ignited again. And my goodness, I started to talk about Jesus uh, to people the way I used to. And I see that all we have to do, whether we're going through, whether we're hurting, whether we're down, my goodness, just keep sharing God and he'll see you through. I think my sister, Pastor Virginia, hit on that today. It doesn't matter what we're going through, but we got to keep sharing Christ and, and letting the Holy Spirit take care of our stuff. We get downcast. And the Bible says, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Hallelujah. 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 Pardon me. Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, I was going to read the works of the flesh, but y'all need to take the notes down. It's Galatians 5.19 to 21 for the sake of time. And y'all need to find out why it ends off saying those who practice these things won't inherit the kingdom of God. A lot of people think that we just got to come to the altar and say, forgive me, Lord. And you know what? He does. But there's a word in the Bible that says repent. 
Look it up. Google it. Now, not now, but later. <laughs> Repent. That's a 360. That's turning around from our stuff and say, God, God, forgive me. Turning my back on those things. And I'm walking with you, following you, Christ. Forgive me. True repentance is stopping what you're doing when you know it's wrong. I don't know how we can shoot dice and blow our ticket to heaven. That's gambling. Taking it for granted. We take so many things for granted. See, angels also appeared in Genesis 18, 1 through 19. They appear, angels appearing as men. In Genesis 19, angels appearing as men to Lot. Joshua 5, 13 to 14, cases of angels that appeared as men. Angels are real. Mark 16, 5, there's such things as ministering angels. And so if the Bible says love, and we're walking by, and it tells us that we might be entertaining angels. My goodness, you think that we should pause, slow up a little bit when somebody's hurting instead of saying that, remember that lady in, um, in YouTube that used to come out and say, I ain't got time for this. <laughs> Some of y'all remember that, right? Christians done gotten to that state. I ain't got time for this. I don't have time for that person. I don't have time to hear this person's problems. I don't have time. Imagine if God would have said that to us. I don't have time to save you. I don't have time to heal you. I don't have time to deliver you. I don't have time to restore you. I don't have time to love you. Where would we be? Where? Where? I thank God <clears throat> if you look at verse 3, it says, Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering. See, our problem is that we don't hear the hurt of the next person. We don't want to hear the hurt. We got to take time out to listen to people to hurt when they hurt, the Bible says. Rejoice when they rejoice, the Bible says. We got to do this, church. I believe God has put this in our, my heart to share with you for such a time like this. Because if we don't practice love, then could we say we're Christians? Could we actually look in the mirror and say, I got love for those? I got love for people? It's like, just look in the mirror. Where's the love, y'all? Where's the love? And then after this, um, I, I thank God, first of all, for this ministry because the backpack giveaway uh, is around the corner, August 14. I pray that the power of the church will impact the community. I pray that uh, we can be an example of love as we go out there and thousands of people that come that day will feel the impact of God's church just loving on them. 
I pray that you will say, God, let me be part of what PCC is doing because things are happening at PCC that are good things. People are being delivered. People are being healed. People are regaining hope again. My goodness. So all we can do, this is all I know how to do, is give back to God, is, is show him that I'm going to do his will. I can't say it enough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'll be saying it to eternal. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So we got to show God. Be part of what's happening here. So volunteer. Come out that day. There's so many ministries here. Be part about what God is doing. Let the community be impacted by God's love through us. Amen. And no telling. We, listen, if all of us just invite one person in here, we're going to have to go to three services. One person. I brag about PCC. I'm not ashamed of PCC. Why should anybody be ashamed of PCC? It's good. <laughs> it's good. Hallelujah. It's good. So we have to share the love that God has stored upon us with people. It's a perfect opportunity. I'm sorry to make the announcement while I'm preaching. Take comfort in the fact that God is at work. Pardon me. Even when we may not see it clearly. Realize God is always watching us. There's no such thing as sinning in secret. <laughs> Since God sees everything. Sinning in secret. They don't know. Pastors away. He won't find out. Who are we serving? Who are we serving? Jesus. We're living in times when Jesus, the clouds could open up the sky and Jesus could return any minute. This is the times we're living in. And then what? Then what? What, what are you going to say? You're going to repent at the very last moment? Maybe God will give you a break and maybe he won't. I don't know. I'm not God. But I won't take a chance. This could include even giving a seat to someone who needs it. We are encouraged to reach out to the lowliest and most desperate people, prisoners. Because in this portion of scripture, if you look at when he talks about in, in verse 3, uh, go to the prisoners. This ministry does that. Well, we're going to start again. We're revamping it, and we're looking to go into more than one prison, uh, more than Rikers Island. But see, because some of us sitting in here today might be in prison and locked up in our own bodies. And he says, do good in the household of faith. We, so if we don't love each other here, how could we go into the prisons out there? And so we want to encourage you. Uh, sometimes a hug to somebody, a hello to somebody before you run out, man, that means a whole lot. You don't want people walking in and saying, you know, I walked in and walked out and nobody said anything. It doesn't happen here, but I've seen it happen in other places. We have to be sensitive. Do they deserve it? What use is it? Aren't they a hopeless case already? 
from James 1.27, we learn that true love is caring for the neediest people, people who have nothing uh, and can give us nothing in return. Prisoners uh, certainly fall into this category. From Jesus' ministry, we can see that these types of people who live sinful lives are often very receptive to the gospel. They recognize the mistakes they made, where as typical people might say, I believe in myself. I got this. Then the writer, which I believe it's a Barnabas, an encourager, they couldn't quite pinpoint it, says this in verse 4. Now he starts to hit on marriage, folks. He said, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, y'all. For God will judge the adulterer, and in one virgin it says, and the fornicator, and all the sexual immoral. And so I'm saying, this writer is hitting on everything that would make the church powerful or weak. Now, I believe the reason he talks about the, the um, marriage folks is to be honored. Marriage is, is sacred. Satan has done everything he can to take marriage off of this pedestal. He tries to spread lies that people should not believe or embrace, such as making us think that marriages are necessary, a burden, optional, ties people down, can be between two men and two women, can be ended at any time, outdated, old-fashioned, and so on and so on. Marriage is a covenant like God made a covenant with us is forever. Whether we like it or not. God said he can work all things together for good for those that love the Lord. And so he hits on marriage, and I don't want to stay there for the sake of time, but y'all get it. Get it together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 5. Keep your lives. Man, this writer just hits on so much stuff that we think is important or fun. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Hallelujah. See, this is a trust in God. This is saying that, you know what, money is good, but I'm content. I have a roof over my head. I eat. I got clothes on my back. I have a little money to pay my bills. I am content because God's been good to me. God has been taking care of me. See, what happens with the love of money, which is nothing wrong with it, we start to worship the money. We get sad when it don't come in the way we expect it. Instead of looking at the one who sends it, the blesser, and saying, God, you know what I need? If I get a million, I'll go through it. I'll hurt people, hurt myself. Some people can handle it. And then he goes on. After he says, the Lord is my helper. He looks at verse 7. And says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. 
Consider the outcome of their way uh, of life and imitate their faith. And I, I like to not only look at uh, uh, biblical leaders that have shown uh, tremendous uh, victories through the, the Bible, but we got people of faith right here every Sunday sharing their heart out. So angels, the Bible calls them, Pastor Mark and Pastor E, laying down their lives so that we may be fed. And like I said last week, we get fed a good meal, filet mignon, y'all. And so I'm trying to let y'all know, praise God. Praise God. If you don't grow here, it's because you just don't want to grow. You just want to do your thing. You want to play Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. And this is why we don't grow. And I want to end with this. Love to stay here a little longer with you. I really love you all, but it's the holiday Sunday. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Now, I don't know if you experienced the Lord the way I did. I know when I was down, he picked me up. I know when I was lost, he saved me. He found me. I know when I was blind, he opened my eyes so that I was able to see hope again. I don't know when I was sick, but he healed me. I don't know when I needed deliverance, but he delivered me. He set me free. I don't know if you remember where you was before Jesus. I don't know if some of y'all want to kill yourselves. I didn't know if some of y'all want to hit your heads against the wall because of frustration. I don't know, but I'm here to let you know the same Jesus that healed in the past, the same Jesus that opened up the blind eyes, the same Jesus that delivered, the same Jesus that got people demon possessed set free it's the same Jesus we serve today the same Jesus that lift up your head when you was down the same Jesus that says I have plans to prosper you to give you a future and a hope it's the same Jesus today that will help you it's the same Jesus y'all he doesn't change he's unchangeable the same Jesus. Why are we downcast? Why are we worried? It ain't Jesus. He's still here. He's still waiting on you. He said those that wait on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord. Shall not grow weary. Come on church. Come on. He's the same. What did you walk in here needing? Jesus is here. The word is here. What do you need? What do we need? Oh my God. Mercy. He'll forgive you. Love. My goodness. Unconditional. Come on, church. Come on. Come on, church. He died on the cross for you and me. He didn't give up. Coming in here to get a word is nice, but man, if we don't go out there and love on folks, starting at our house, 
we don't know how to forgive and keep it moving, then man, where's our Christianity at? Jesus is the same. He saved us when we was lost. <laughs> My God. I remember, man, me screaming at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm tired. I'm tired. God, if you for real, help me. I'm tired. It got worse before it got better, but my goodness, he came in right on time, right on time. I don't want to do life without Jesus. What's this message is about then? Reminding us for such a time like this, he needs us to share his love. Starting here in the household of faith, being good to one another, loving one another, no envy, no hating. It's not God. Loving our neighbors, man, if we living in a society that uh, we don't say hello to neighbors, good morning or nothing, we, they walk out, we walk out, we busy, they busy. Where's the church? Go to work. We hate people because of their attitudes. I'm going to end with this. My boss was supposed to help one of the clients the other day. She got there late. And they had to cancel the appointment. And she called them apologizing. So in their language, which is Vietnamese, he was with her sister, and after they talked on the phone, he said some really nasty, bad things about her, which hurt her. And so she called me, vivid, vivid, vivid. And I just let her sound off. Just let her. The next day, uh, she came in, and um, I said, Lynn, you, you, you got to forgive him. She says, I'm not going to forgive him. And I says, well, then God can't forgive you. You got to walk in love. She felt better afterwards. But that's what love is all about. Not holding on to things. Just keep it moving. Love. Love. Have a great 4th of July. May God bless you.